You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. Welcome back to the show. I just got off a super fun recording with Alan Wood, who is the founder of Rally Beer. Rally is a better for you beer company born out of a love of adventure, which I am so into. Just one look at their team and you can see that the people behind Rally truly practice what they preach. Their beers include a non-alcoholic dry run pale ale, the extra mile session IPA, and their trailblazer golden ale all perfect for the outdoor enthusiast weekend warrior or adventure nut one of the many reasons why i wanted to reach out to alan and the team at rally was because i really admired how they took a very busy and potentially saturated industry of craft beer and paired it with a totally untapped edge of craft beer for athletes. Sure, there are products like Michelob Ultra, but I haven't found a beer for my active lifestyle that's got that local flair and that tastes awesome and has functional benefits. So Rally is that beer for me. It is light on alcohol, big on flavor, high in electrolytes, and low in calories. Rally is the ultimate post-session beer. And not that I need an excuse to enjoy a beer after a mountain bike ride, but I kind of love it. So in this episode, Alan and I are going to chat about his entry into home brewing and whether or not he saw it as a business opportunity right away. We talk about how a 700 kilometer gravel ride actually inspired the idea of idea for rally, the first few steps he took to bring the brand to life. We talk about how Rally Beer got a listing in the Ontario liquor store almost right away, which is incredible. We focus on the decision that they made to niche down to outdoor adventure and nature lovers and how experiential marketing has played a huge role in finding and retaining customers. They had some really creative campaigns. And finally, we dive into where the company is headed, where they are going. So if you want to connect with Rally Beer, head over to drinkrally.ca, drink, R-A-L-L-Y.ca, or go say hello to them on Instagram. They're just at Rally Beer Co. So enjoy this episode with Alan, and I will talk to you guys soon. Alan, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm super excited to sit down with you today. And just as a personal anecdote, I first discovered Rally Beer. 
I think when I was in Barrie for a wedding uh, this summer and we were just grabbing some pre-drinks and the branding really stuck out to me. So I grabbed a few of them. And then a couple weeks later, I was doing a mountain bike race and there you were. And then a few weeks later, a friend of mine launched an outdoor adventure community and she's like, oh, I just connected with this person. And I just felt like rally beer kept coming into my consciousness. And I'm like, I got to reach out to this team and get them on the podcast. So really excited to hear your story and to dig into all things Rally Beer. So thank you for being here. Awesome. Thank you, Kelsey. Yeah, really excited on my side to, to be a guest on the podcast, been following you, you know, on LinkedIn and social for quite some time. So uh, very excited to hear. And it's always great to hear about other people discovering our brand. Uh, we put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it. So Hearing that you saw us at the mountain bike race, you know, that means a lot. That kind of pulls at the heartstrings on my uh, over here. And <laughs> well, uh, great that, that you see it at the LCBO too. Yes. Yeah. It's in my world, I guess, because I'm part of these adventure communities, I guess it's everywhere, but I cannot wait to actually dive into like why you chose that niche and everything. But to set the stage, I think let's go back a little bit. Um, what were the origin or what was the origin behind Rally Beer? Like when did this light bulb moment go off that you were passionate enough about beer and brewing and adventure to create a business about it, about this? So take us back. Yeah, so I know that we always use the light bulb moment. I think I do have one. In fact, I know I have one because I, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute, but it even starts way before that. So, you know, probably the two you know relevant things about me, I've always been a craft beer fan. Well, not always, maybe since I was about 17, 18 or so. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually got really into home brewing when I was about 19, 20. So I was into making beer, you know, I would say I was mostly curiosity driven. Um, so I really wanted to learn how to make it. And, you know, ultimately I went away to university, you know, studied hard. My parents were proud. I got a master's in economics. Uh, I studied overseas in Scotland. And then I came home and immediately went and got a, a minimum wage job uh, as an apprentice to a brewmaster at my <laughs> kind of local brew pub in my hometown of Oakville. So, you know, certainly wasn't, you know, economically minded at the time, but again, it was mostly curiosity driven. So I wanted to peel back the curtain. You know, I was quite into making beer at a small scale in the garage kind of thing. I think we we're making like 30 liters at a time or so. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends were going into the finance world, working for a bank and whatnot. And that was sort of the path I was on. But ultimately I decided to go spend uh, close to a year. I apprenticed a brewmaster it was a small family run business. So I really got to see um, every part of it. You know, we got to make a lot of beer, you know, learned about the packaging process, cleaning, um, all that fun stuff and a little bit of the marketing and event side. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, you know, been a, a pretty constant thread in my life since, you know, certainly since university um, from making beer and then kind of dipping my toes into the business. Ultimately, I didn't stick with it back then. That was 2010. You know, I was young, had some student loans, you know, was, you know, ready to move out of my parents' basement. Uh, so I did, you know, switch career paths. You know, I went and worked for a lot of software startups in Toronto mm -hmm. for kind of the next 10 years. And I had a great time. I got, you know, amazing experience building teams, but was never passionate about the, the products really that we were working on or selling. So mm -hmm. I always was trying to brainstorm, you know, what is my 
thing. And, you know, I always wanted to kind of jump out on my own as an entrepreneur. Um, but during those 10 years, you know, I got just further into my action adventure sports. So I'm definitely that person that goes down the rabbit hole a bit. You know, I was big into skateboarding and snowboarding growing up, you know, then it was kite surfing and, you know, every paycheck was going towards a new piece of gear or or a trip. Um, And then I was into mountain biking, doing a lot of mountain biking in the Don Valley when I was working in the city. Um, And then in 2019, I bought a gravel bike and that was my sort of first foray into endurance sports. So you know, I had the gravel bike and the first thing I did was sign up for a, uh, the butter tart 700, 700 kilometer bike ride around Ontario, all off road, spruce <laughs> trail, fire roads, ATV trails and that kind of thing. And um, my cousin, who's like an Ironman athlete, he's like, Al, you cannot do this. Like you do kiting and snowboarding. You can drink beer. He's like, when you're doing this, you got to be like on your nutrition, you know, watch your heart rate. You know, I had to get a heart rate monitor. So I got really into that stuff, um, started learning about, you know, functional foods, nutrition, how was I going to fuel my journey? Um, I was attempting to do it in four days solo. So I got really into it and really passionate about all these products. So, you know, crazy bars. Uh, I was really into the noon electrolyte tablets on mm-hmm. that trip. So, you know, I'm eating these bars and gels, maple syrup, uh, electrolyte tablets all day in my water bottle. And but at the end of each day, I would always roll through a small town, find a pub and just kind of have have a beer, mm-hmm. uh, just sort of toast the day, kind of chill out for a second and kind of soak in some of the, the vibes uh, from the day. So, yeah, I was really on that trip. And then, you know, it was that 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 was when the light bulb occurred. It was on that trip, unhappy in my work life, mm-hmm. not sure where I was going and you know, putting these electrolyte things in my water bottle all day, drinking a beer at the end of the day. And I was like, man, I wonder if anyone's, you know, combined functional ingredients in beer before, because it seems to make a lot of sense. My favorite beers are kind of after a big bike ride. You know, I always have a beer in my uh, hydration backpack when I'm mountain biking and whatnot. Essential. So, yeah, it was an essential piece of piece of gear for many years. And um, yeah, so literally did have that light bulb, you know, I was sitting on the saddle for like 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the idea to combine functional ingredients and beer. And soon after I just started, I said to myself on that trip, like, I'm going to go for it. Um, yeah. I had my phone with me. So I was Googling and not seeing a ton of, um, kind of products in that space, but mm-hmm. a few kind of burgeoning brands doing it in, uh, in the States. So, you know, I could see that there was sort of an emergence of it yeah. and, uh, yeah, just got really excited and, and started diving into into it and getting back into home brewing as soon as I got back from that trip. Mm, I love that. And I think it's cool because some people might think like, oh, craft beers, like that's totally saturated in the last five years. But with yep. any business, it's like, well, what is your edge or what's your tilt on what's traditionally being done? And for you, it was like, well, I'm now an endurance athlete and I still like to enjoy beer, but you wanted that functional element. So I think for anybody listening, like no market is saturated if you have something slightly unique to layer on top of what's already being done. So I love kind of that merge between what you were passionate about in the like endurance world and also like you like to enjoy the beer and you had that history. And it's like it took those 10 years in your 20s 
to, to figure out how you could merge everything and make one really epic brand or product out of it. So I think that's super neat. So after the BT 700 that you did, did you like go home, quit your job, say, I'm leaving software, I'm starting this beer? Did you go all in? Or did you take a more calculated, like stepping softly into writing a business plan and starting to stash money away? I'm sure everybody's curious, like what did you do when you came home from that ride? Many of you know that I studied to become a holistic nutritionist many years ago, and even though I'm no longer practicing, I still take my health very seriously, especially in the winter when I feel like everyone around me is feeling subpar in one way or another. And part of my daily routine is Sambucol Black Elderberry Syrup, as well as their Black Elderberry Gummies. Sambucol Black Elderberry is the original Black Elderberry supplement. So you may not have heard of Black Elderberries before, but they have been used for centuries in traditional folk remedies, and they're prized for their anti-inflammatory properties. I've been extremely fond of this brand since my days studying nutrition because of its potency and efficacy in supporting my immunity. And at the first sign of a tickle in either mine or Dave's throat, we are reaching for the Sambucol. I just can't afford to take days off work as an entrepreneur, and Sambucol helps me stay well. So not only does it taste amazing, the gummies are actually better than candy, but this stuff actually works, and I'm really excited to be using Sambucol daily immune drink powder as well. So when I'm sick of drinking water throughout the day, I just crack a pack of the immune powder, and it tastes like Kool-Aid, but without the sugar and with way more benefit. So if you want to save on your next order of Sambucol, get 15% off of any order over $9.99 or more at SambucolUSA.com. So S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L-U-S-A.com and be sure to use the code VISIONARY15 at checkout. So again, save 15% by using code VISIONARY15 at SambucolUSA.com. Yeah, I would say the first thing I did was, well, the was started to kind of dust off my home brewing equipment. So I hadn't brewed at that point for, you know, like eight, nine years kind of thing. So I hadn't used it in a long time. Uh-huh. So I started dusting it off. And then I went out and bought and procured a whole bunch of white powders, all the different kind of electrolytes. <laughs> and I was kind of that crazy friend at the party, you know, putting some white powder in my beer, kind of just testing it and just kind of experimenting. Um so that was the very first thing I did. Um, but yeah, within about third, within about 60 days, I had incorporated a business. Wow. <laughs> um, but I wasn't. And so I was kind of mentally and emotionally all in, but I yeah. was still working my day job and, you know, evenings and weekends, I was sort of tinkering away, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out like navigating alcohol and how to navigate the LCBO and you know, started looking at like, what am I going to call this thing and a logo and, a, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I just sort of slowly started picking really small tasks that I could, you know, conquer in an evening kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what were some small. of those like early successes that made you believe I can do this? Because I feel like that period of like, trying to bring a new product to market and having no experience, like bringing a beer um, to life and actually selling it, 
you're kind of like, can I do this? And there's a lot of mindset uh, blocks that come up. But I'm wondering, like, did you have any early successes, whether it was people telling you it was good or somebody saying, like, I will buy this product as soon as it's ready? What were some of those early milestones that made you believe I can do this and I can build out this brand? Yeah, I think it was uh, the the two that jumped to mind is, um, you know, getting my two co-founders involved. Okay. So they were immediately like, yeah, that sounds sick. Like we should definitely like, let's go for it. Mm. Uh, so my co-founder Spencer was, you know, I actually slept on his couch. Uh, <laughs> one of the nights of the butter tart, he lives in uh, Thornbury, Ontario. And um, I ended up moving into that apartment when we started the business to save money for, for about a year. <laughs> um, so, you know, he was like, let's do it. Let's, let's give her like, this sounds like a great idea. And then getting my, uh, you know, one of my childhood best friends, Mike, He's a amazing, you know, art director and, you know, you know, very talented artist and designer. And so getting him excited and mm. starting to see how he was thinking about putting together some of the visual elements of the brand. Mm. Um, that's when I got really excited about, okay, like, yeah, we can build this into a, you know, really not only have this cool product, but, you know, we can now build this as a brand, like a living, breathing thing you know, have emotion in it. And then that's when I started getting, you know, really excited about kind of the brand building and the community aspect of it. So as I just peeled back the onion, there was just more and more things that started to make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, having a community to go to and a product and yeah. um, all that good stuff. So, so those true. were sort of the early wins. It's like, once you take that first step, the next one presents itself. And it's not yeah. until you get started that you see all these opportunities coming your way. And some people like they're so paralyzed with fear, they never take that first step, but that's actually required to see, is this going to work? And like, is this going to take off? So yeah, love hearing that sure. story. Um, yeah. How did you find your first customer? Like you're obviously brewing, you're figuring out like what makes you guys unique. You're putting the branding together, but coming to the point when you're ready to sell it, like how did you find those first few customers and where were you selling? So, I mean, it's funny to think about it, but you know, to a, in a lot of ways, I don't know how I found the first customer. Um, I'm not really sure, <laughs> but the biggest win like that happened early, relatively early on, like after we started building the brand and putting everything together and, and coming up with the liquids was we actually were able to convince the LCBO to grant us mm. a listing. Wow. So that's, um, they don't give those things out too lightly anymore. Yeah. Um, and they very rarely will give out a listing to a business that has no sales anywhere else and doesn't exist anywhere other than maybe in an email address. Yeah. Um, but we had a really unique angle and a unique pitch to the, the category manager at the LCBO, um, where, you know, we, we really just pitched them that, Hey, this is a bit of a different purchasing occasion. You know, it's not another IPA that's just going to cannibalize some other IPA that you've already got on the shelf. Yeah. You know, we were really pitching it as kind of, um, you know, it was going to grow the category. And so we were able to sort of um, hit on that for him. And, you know, he took a really big gamble, I think, uh, giving us that listing. Mm -hmm. And I remember having countless phone calls in my mom's basement, just me. <laughs> And being letting him know, like, hey, we've got the whole team here, like, just trying to make us sound like a really big organization. <laughs> and uh, yeah, luckily, you know, he did give us that listing. So, you know, when we had the listing, we knew we had somewhere where we could go and sell it. Mm -hmm. um, and then luckily, it's beer. So, a lot of people like to try new beers. So, 
early days, you know, you're going to get a little bit of traction just because, you know, like often as a consumer myself, you know, I see a new product on the shelf. I, I grab one or two to give it a try. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that, but we, we also did really well with social media early on. So we had some triathletes uh, pick us up and definitely the endurance sports community picked us up first. Okay. I want to double tap quickly on getting into the LCBO because obviously that's a huge milestone. And yeah. I'm thinking you probably like had something special about this pitch. So obviously the product itself was unique. Do you have any other tips for having a remarkable pitch or like, what was it about your conversation with the buyer of LCBO that made it stand out? Like anything you want to share around somebody who might be going through a similar journey soon? Yeah. So we definitely, um, you know, when you're trying to crack into a market, especially a pre-existing one, you know, trying to speak about how it's going to grow the category rather than maybe just replace, like if you're coming out with a new chip company, like, are you just trying to replace Miss Vicky's or is it kind of a new chip that, mm. you know, it's going to be in the car or something rather than at home? I don't know, yep. but trying to come up with a kind of a unique angle. Um, otherwise, you know, we were definitely calling on trends um, happening inside and outside of the category. So a shift towards better for you, you know, so just trying to identify what are those tailwinds um, that are occurring, you know, within your product realm, but also beyond it, you know, yeah. to get that kind of longer term lens into where things are going, mm -hmm. you know, calling on those kinds of trends uh, was important. And then I think it's just like being yourself and being authentic. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's the biggest thing that we always had is, you know, I always told Neil, I was like, look, like we're Ontario owned. I'm a local person. We're going to go to these sports. I actually play and participate in these sports. Like I go out and sweat with, with my customers. Yeah. And I, I kept leaning on that. You know, we don't want to just have the big guys come in and own this and then just shift our dollars. You know, might as well be sending our money to, to Brazil or, or Denver. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely playing to him that, you know, we want to tell a really authentic story and, and that we're, um, you know, independently owned and, and operated kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's becoming more and more important these days is the storytelling behind the business and in being mm -hmm. yourself and authentic and letting that shine through. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that is such a big part of what you do at Rally Beer, especially in positioning as more of like an endurance or athletic type drink. Um, I guess before I dig into kind of the niche you've chosen, can you just explain to somebody who's never tried your products before when they say, what is Rally? What yeah. do you say? Like, how do you explain what the brand is? Yeah, I think at its core, you know, and we're still learning how to create a brand and, you know, I didn't necessarily come from this world, but you know, what I like to say is that Rally, rally we're all about brewing beer that inspires adventure. Mm. um inspires adventure and activity cool so you know we brew functional better for you beers and you know we really cater them to that active community so our beers are are unique so you know our flagship beer is rich in electrolytes so you know it's sort of that perfect replacement to drinking kind of a mainstream beer or a craft beer after a mountain bike ride or après skiing um, we've really tailored it to that occasion. You know, that's where we do all of our QA, you know, I'm not doing it out of a pint glass ever. It's always at the, out of a can at the trailhead kind of thing. Cool. Um, so we definitely kind of live and breathe 
that active outdoor lifestyle and our beers are meant to inspire adventure. Um, they are better for you. They have functional ingredients, you know, they're rich in antioxidants. It's a really high quality, you know, unpasteurized, unfiltered natural product. Um, and you know, we're really excited about kind of bringing more people into that fold. So, you know, we believe the outdoors is for everybody. Um, and we want to kind of get more people playing outside basically. Mm hmm. Such an interesting conversation because I think a lot of people are just terrified that when they niche down, they're going to lose out on a massive subset of customers, right? Like choosing to be positioned for endurance athletes or people who love the outdoors. It's like oh, you're actually missing out on people who don't identify with adventure or the outdoors. But I'm assuming it has actually served you well because anyone who does have that similar passion for nature, adventure, they feel ultra connected to the brand. Um, were you ever worried that by niching down and choosing this target market that you would lose out on customers? Or were you pretty uh, strong in your belief that this was the way to go because you cannot speak to everybody with a beer brand? Yeah. I don't know that I have an intelligent answer to that. I think I was just like had the blinders on and this is yeah. this is what we we wanted to do. Um, and this was the only thing we could do in an authentic manner. Right. Um, but I know like my one of my favorite things to do is, you know, and I get into these sports. I'm, I'm, I then always find my friends who I think will love it. And I love teaching and introducing it to people. Yeah. So it's always been about, you know, rallies, not just for the Ironman triathletes. We want, you know, we do couch to 5Ks as well and take people on their first snowshoe. Cool. So, you know, we definitely want to make it accessible. Um, we're also very aware that a lot of the sports we play in, like cycling, you know, it's high barrier to entry, you know, white dominant places. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're trying to use our brand as a force for good to, to make them more accessible and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of bring more people into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think since COVID, especially like you couldn't, you still can't get your hands on a new bike right now. Um, so we're definitely potentially riding some tailwinds of, you know, outdoor activity is kind of one of the few safe things to do these days. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're, we're very lucky in Canada to have lots of green space. So, you know, we, I, I do feel like it's, it's a growing and, and kind of a, a big enough, uh, target, mm-hmm. um, So, you know, we hope to keep growing it. Visionary, I know you, you're a health nut and you want to save money on the brands you love and the ones that support your well-being. Well, Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all things healthy. They have everything from gluten-free snacks to non-toxic beauty products, and they deliver it all right to your doorstep. Being healthy has never been easier, more affordable, or more convenient than this. So go ahead, shop with Healthy Planet online and save 10% off any online online order over $49.99. Just use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout. VISIONARY2022 at checkout. It's going to save you 10%. So what are you waiting for? Go get all of your health food goodies and start saving today by heading to healthyplanetcanada.com. Use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout. So in the last couple of years, I'm wondering what have been some of the marketing or promotional efforts that you've done 
in order to connect with your dream customer? Like, how have you been showing up? And especially with COVID over the last couple of years, making it a little harder to sample in stores. But I know you've still been getting out there, still yeah. connecting with the customers. So what have been some of the most impactful marketing efforts that you guys have done at Rally? Yeah, so obviously we launched in COVID. So we're like 100% <laughs> kind of COVID business. And, uh, you know, we're speaking today just as kind of another wave is sort of coming at us. Here we um, go. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's been really challenging on that front. Um, but yeah, like some of the fun stuff, you know, we've never been allowed to sample in store, for example. That would be, you know, traditionally the probably the first thing you would want to do as a new, you know, beverage brand is, you know, do a sampling inside of an LCBO, for example. And then, you know, people pick up a couple cans. Instead, to be, you know, socially distanced and everything, that first, uh, that first summer when we launched, we were doing stuff like, filling a Yeti cooler up with beers and hiding it in the woods <laughs> in Collingwood. And then we were putting it out to the trail running community. Hey, we've hit a cooler of beers at this GPS coordinate, you know, go on your trail run, find it, you know, grab a beer, snap a selfie, that kind of thing. That's so epic. we did lots of really fun, unique kind of experiential um, marketing activations, I guess we can call it. Um, and then, you know, we just sponsored, uh, you know, grassroots community. So the other one that really springs to mind is, um, you know, Dave, who's our head of sales and social impact, you know, early days, we launched rally for good. And we instantly connected with this charity called don't mess with the dawn, the dawn valleys, you know, where I met the mountain bike community it was kind of like my solace when I was working downtown, get into the trails at night. Uh, it's an amazing resource to have in, in downtown Toronto. And so we did a, you know, trail cleanups and ravine cleanups um, through all through COVID. And we would bring beer and, and everybody who participated in the cleanup would get a free beer after and, and just kind of get to hang out distance, you know, in the massive Don Valley and drink a beer and connect a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we were able to connect with people, you know, through the outdoors and through kind of causes that a lot of us care about, like, you know, protecting our playgrounds and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so the don't mess with the dawn has been a really special relationship since day one. And I think it's it's what we can attribute like our authenticity to. So now we're getting the opportunity to go, you know, sample some beers at the Patagonia store. You know, I don't think that stuff can happen if you don't put in that 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 kind of sweat and you know pick up some trash with your with your hands. So mm -hmm. you know we just haven't been shy to to get get our hands dirty. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. I, I spent many years working in experiential marketing. So hearing you talk about like hiding the Yeti cooler with beer and then getting people to take a selfie, like to me, that is such a brilliant idea. It's low cost, you know, a few hundred dollars for you to execute it. But I'm sure you saw a lot of social return on investment, like through Instagram stories and that. Um, is it easy to measure the actual return on investment of purchase through these experiential stunts? Uh, or has that been something that like, you just have to trust that all of these efforts compound and add up? It's a lot of, it's a lot of trust, I would say, Yeah. but I, I, we, I know that it works. So, yeah. you know, we did a lot of experiential stuff in Collingwood, for example, which was our backyard, you know, yeah. when we started. And so it's no surprise that Collingwood and Thornbury LCBOs, you know, far surpass yes, you know, sales course. at other stores. 
Um, so there is that, but obviously playing in a regulated space, you know, it is hard, you know, we couldn't sell online, um, still can't legally sell the alcoholic products online. Mm -hmm. So it is obviously challenged to exactly trace back, you know, and a brand experience with, yeah. you know, somebody picking it up off a shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we look at the trends and we do get data and we're definitely data driven. Um, and we are lucky that we get great counter sales from the LCBO on a weekly basis. So, um, yeah, you can measure it and, and it's definitely important as a business to, you know, onboard those tools early. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of bake that into your process from day one. Uh, but certainly it's been a lot of kind of trial and error and experimentation. And, you know, like you said, if it's just a few hours of my time and, and a couple cases of beer, it, it is low cost um, for us to try. And that's been a COVID thing. I think if it wasn't, yeah. we probably would have been pressured to go and sponsor, you know, huge marathons and, you know, might've fallen on my face trying to activate, you know, at that mm -hmm. scale that early. So, you know, it, there was some silver linings, I think, to COVID and yeah. um, on letting us start small and, and, and super authentically. Mm -hmm. So where is the business at today? Like how much help do you have? What is your role? What are you focused on right now? Or is it just like all over the place because you're in startup phase still? Yeah, you're catching us still definitely startup phase. So I mean, you know, full on a full-time basis, it's just myself and Dave. Dave's our head of sales and social impact. So he focuses, you know, his efforts on, you know, growing distribution and then on our kind of philanthropic uh, partnerships. So managing, you know, don't mess with the dawn, getting those activations on the books. So it's really Dave and I in the weeds on a daily basis. Um, you know, we've grown tremendously. We've, we've just secured a few weeks ago, our second listing at the LCBO. Nice. So we've got a 99 calorie, three and a half percent IPA. Um, oh, we I love that it. one. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I was a big IPA fan. IPAs are seven, eight percent and they're generally chock full of sugar. Um, and so I know I was just getting crazy hangovers after having only a, a couple. <laughs> so we wanted to bring kind of a more more like a Michelob Ultra nutrition profile, but still have some IPA flavor and just be able to have a couple of them and not worry uh, too much the next morning. Mm -hmm. So really excited to have that. And then we're really excited about the non-alcoholic product, which we've just launched. That really unshackles us. So, you know, we're building our DTC business mm -hmm. and, you know, we're opening up conversations with kind of grocery and how can we get this product, you know, potentially. And now there's tens of thousands of stores that could sell us. And we're having a lot of fun selling it at bike shops and ski shops and kind of small stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we've grown from kind of the one beer to, to three SKUs, introduced the non-alcoholic, um, which really cements our commitment to kind of better for you, active living, um, mm -hmm. can't always do the alcohol. You know, I like still, I still drink both, but I'm definitely yeah. substituting a lot of my alcohol for, for the non-alcs. Mm -hmm. um, and we are growing the team. So, you know, we're hiring a sales rep right now. Um, I am realizing that, you know, you got to play the street game in this business. You can't just be playing in the trails the whole time. Yeah. So we are, you know, getting, um, you know, like-minded individuals on the team to help us go to LCBOs, grow that distribution out. Um, that is unfortunately kind of a, basically a door-to-door -door sales uh, kind of process. Mm 
unless you've got big bucks with the LCBO. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to start, you know, playing that game. We, we realized we had to, to be able to get to the scale that we need to get to. And um, otherwise we're starting to work with bigger and bigger brands. So, you know, anyone that follows us on social media is seeing more stuff happening with brands like, like the Arcterixes and the Hoka's and the Patagonia's of the world. And we're, we're working on bringing kind of really cool experiences to life um, with their communities. So we're, we're kind of partnering in unique ways to, to bring really cool experiences to the outdoors. So epic. Yeah, I can't wait to continue yeah. following along with all the exciting things you guys have going on. I'm yeah. curious, like I know there's probably a lot of stress associated with this chapter of the business, but what is one of the best parts of the creation or of running the day-to-day -day operations of Rally Beer? Yeah, there's a lot of good parts. You know, I've definitely gotten to go on a, a lot of fun bike rides and fun <laughs> trail runs um, and meeting our community. Like it's been something from day one, even the big event we did, which was we were, we were the beer sponsor for the Spartan race. They had about 5,000 people out at Blue Mountain for their obstacle course. And we were operating the beer tent, but you know, each one of us from the team went out and ran the the loop as well. So cool. you're kind of like, we were understaffing the beer tent so we could go sweat with everybody and, and have some fun. So, you know, we like to, it is supposed to be fun. It's not all about, you know, this is a nutrition, mo the most nutritious beverage. It's, you know, a better for you choice. It's supposed to be fun. We want to toast and celebrate some of these, uh, these wins and, and some of these kind of training journeys with people. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just kind of watching the community go out and go on some really crazy adventures has been the the coolest part by far. Yeah, I'm assuming that a lot of your meetings, instead of being on Zoom, they can just be on the trails or doing a hike yeah. when possible. <laughs> yeah, and then, then there's still lots of spreadsheet work and yes. supply chain work. I mean, there there's no shortage of that too. So, you know, it is, people think it's all fun and games. It's definitely a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, Excel work mm -hmm. and some tough conversations you know there was a scare of getting cans even um during covid and there's always uh there's always something going on um, yeah on that side of things too you become a professional problem solver when you enter into entrepreneurship yeah yeah, yeah. there's always a couple fires burning and you just kind of gotta yep. pick your battles a little bit but mm -hmm. you know being able to to live the brand has been the most rewarding part and and, yeah. and get some new people taking part in these sports. So inspiring. Now, do you guys have a master plan for like the next five to 10 years or are you just taking it one day at a time at this point? I know there's, you know, two, two camps here. Some people are like, I know exactly where we'll be in 2032. And other people are like, no, we're just, you know, one day at a time and see where this goes. Yeah, we're somewhere in the middle, I think, you know, we've, we've got a vision, um, but we're flexible and we're always learning from our community. So we want feedback. We want people to send us DMs on Instagram. Um, yeah. I personally respond to every single thing that comes in. Cool. Uh, we don't have any agencies helping us on, on any aspect of the business just yet. So, mm -hmm. you know, we are in that lucky position where we're super agile. Um, so we can pivot and make changes, you know, very quickly. So we certainly do that. Um, but we are starting to try to, you know, build our vision board and, you know, what is our one, three, five year kind of vision for the business? Yeah. Um, it, it is a highly competitive space. So that kind of thinking is becoming critical 
you know, just in, in our ability to survive. So, yes. you know, I wish this was just kind of a fun side project and it kind of started that way, but yeah. you know, I'm a hundred percent all in, uh, personally, financially, uh, at this point. So, you know, we are starting to, to get a little bit more strategic and in, in how we're going to going to approach the market. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it all comes down to kind of inspiring adventure and how can we best do that right now? It's through our kind of uh, beers that we love, but we're not writing off that there couldn't be other, um, you know, avenues or opportunities that come our way. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure after listening to this podcast, our visionary community wants to support you. So as somebody listening, as maybe a beer drinker or somebody who really likes your story or your brand, what are the best ways that we can support you and maybe help you get into LCBOs or help you, you know, like channel us to the right spot? Like what yep. would you ask from the person listening? Who's like, this sounds epic. I want to be yeah. part of this. What can we do? <laughs> yeah. So we are building a community. That's sort of first and foremost. So, you know, easy things like follow us on Instagram at rally beer co uh, check out our website, drinkrally.ca actually launching a new website this afternoon by the what? time you're all hearing this <laughs> you'll you'll see it uh so Epic. you know join our newsletter we're going to be doing more kind of exclusives on there and and more community building and event kind of activations to to that side of things um otherwise you know it sometimes surprises people but the best thing to do is if you see us on a shelf at your local lcbo or beer store just pick up a can or two um that's all it takes to start getting the product moving and you know, other consumers see when a couple cans are missing from a tray. Oh, I got to try it. So, you know, there is a lot of very simple things for you to do. You know, if we're not in your local LCBO, um, you can certainly ask the staff and they can bring it in. They have the power. Oh, wow. They want to serve their local community. So the more people that are asking for it, the easier sell it is to us when we show up and introduce ourselves yep. um, because they know it's going to sell. Um, otherwise, you know, anyone who's, you know, maybe taking part in dry January right now. Yeah. You can buy the, the non-alc online. Um, cool. That's amazing. We've got a subscription offer, throw a gift in every month. Uh, yeah. So some fun swag coming and yeah, just, just follow along and hopefully come out to one of our adventures. It'd be lots of events coming up. Um, snowshoes, hikes, skis, you know, once the snow melts again, we'll get back on the bikes and into the trails. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see you all in person and you know, just celebrate getting outside. So cool. And I just, before we wrap up, just want to emphasize how neat it is to hear you say community first. I think that's what so many businesses miss the mark on is that they go straight to like, how do we sell? But I think the secret sauce is always in build the community and then like get them warmed up to this product. And then they'll be a lifetime customer, right? They really feel the brand. They see the person behind it. They feel the energy behind it. So I just think that's an important point to emphasize. And I think it'll serve you guys well in the long term. So it's really awesome. Um, I will link all of the places that our listeners can find you in the show notes. And we certainly thank you for your time sharing your story. I know it's probably been a crazy past few months, but we really appreciate you sitting down on the Visionary Life podcast and uh, just cracking open the journey. So cheers. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. You did a great job with the Visionary Zoom. So I'm looking forward to, to following along and listening to more. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. 
I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.